Iyer's on the road. Parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Iyer's road. We are. We're parents and we're on the road for sure. Um, actually, we've been on the road all week. Um, we we actually brought from St. George last week, and we rode. But that's the real road, not the airway. Not right. the airway. We've since been to Las Vegas and actually went for a tennis tournament. We were not gambling, but um, well, really we were just we were down there to do some speaking, and there happened to be a tennis tournament, Linda, and I can't resist those things. I know a national tennis tournament, and I, I would you say that because I got to the quarterfinals, it means I'm one of the eight best tennis players in the nation, <laughs> except for those who didn't, except come. for the guys that didn't come. <laughs> No, I'll tell you, though, um, it's interesting that if you're listening live to this show on Saturday morning, then it follows through the garage door, which is kind of ironic because we're <laughs> that's a rock and roll show. And we stayed in the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas only because it was the cheapest good deal we could find on Groupon. <laughs> we're, deal, we're deal people. But we got plenty of rock and roll. And then... Um, Last night, we wanted to see this brand new theater in Salt Lake City, the Eccles Theater, and so we just thought we'd go irrespective of what it was on there. It just opened. It's just spectacular. It's spectacular. We just wanted to see it. And uh, it happened to be the Goo Goo Dolls, so we had some heavy-duty <laughs> rock and roll last night, and so between the Garage Door show and the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino and the uh, Goo Goo Dolls, we're kind of rock and rollish today. Should we... Should we uh, break into song? No, we no. I think we're <laughs> rock and rolled out, actually. But um, it's been an interesting thing. That concert was really uh, interesting last night. Wow, the lights were Linda, amazing. Linda was dizzy. Get, I literally you were dizzy and had dizzy. a headache. <laughs> well, well, our choices last night in downtown Salt Lake were to go to Dvorak's New World Symphony with the uh, Utah Symphony at Symphony Hall, or to walk a block in the other direction and go to the Goo Goo Dolls. So why did we choose the Goo Goo Dolls over Dvorak? Well, that's what I was wondering about halfway through the concert. <laughs> Although, you know, it's an art, and we're talking today about arts and, and the effect it has on our kids and our homes. And, you know, it is an art that is pretty amazing. Well, Linda, is rap music an art? Yes, absolutely. Well, Are you I, kidding? I would have not Knowing? agreed with that until uh, a couple of weeks ago when we went to see Hamilton, uh, the, the most spectacular Broadway musical since Les Mis, I yeah. would say. Yeah, I think so. And it's all in rap. Who would have thought? Well, rap, and then it has some other things. Jefferson was kind of singing in jazz. But um, it really was amazing. The guy is incredible. This Lynn manuel is purely a genius. Lynn manuel Miranda. Some of you have made it to uh, Hamilton. If you haven't, I bet you'll go before too long. And I'll tell you one thing. We talked to a, a gal who teaches history in junior high the other day, and she said, suddenly American history is the most popular class in high school because everyone's heard all the music from Hamilton and they want to go there. <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm reading Hamilton. Everybody's into this 
Um, it is a great way to get into history and what actually happened in history in an entertaining way. So here's what we want to say to you today. The title of the show is The Arts in Your Home. And for starters, let's broaden our definition a little bit of the arts. Some, some of us as parents tend to get a little uh, narrow in terms of what we think the arts are. And um, sometimes our definition of the arts and our kids' definition of the arts, particularly when it comes to music, would be like two different planets. Like, you know, um, in, your, in your car on the preset stations, do you ever have the thing where you, you've set a few of them, you've maybe set one for a sports station and one for classical music, and maybe you've set one for, um, you know, archaic Jazz. sort of antique rock and roll music from the 60s or something. And then your kids get in there and you get in the car the next time and all you've got on there is hip hop and, and, and rap and uh, heavy metal. So we should expand our definitions a little. And the question we want to ask today is this, what does, what can the arts do for your family? What, what can happen in your family that is beneficial by bringing more art into your home? And we're talking about music, we're talking about the visual arts, we're talking about paintings, we're talking about a number of different things. And the question is, how can the art serve you in your home and in your parenting and in the raising of your family? And there's a lot of answers to that question. Well, starting with, let's start with music lessons. Wow, that is a job. <laughs> music lessons are so difficult. I came from a household where my mother was a musician, and she was determined to make my sister and I music musicians, and um, we practiced a lot. And I remember a lot of days her standing over me with tears dripping down the keys of the piano, saying, someday you'll thank me for this. And actually, I do every day. But was that the extent of art in your home growing up, Linda? Or did, did your parents also bring in a lot of painting, a lot of sculpture, a lot of other visual arts? And did, they, did, did you hear classical music a lot in your home? I no. mean, what was going on there? No, I heard classical music all the time because my mother taught piano lessons. But just on the piano. You 40 didn't have, students. And you weren't so, listening to symphonies all the time? Right. It's pretty amazing um, what she did. She actually started playing in a dance band and uh, when she was a teenager. Her dad just sat her down the piano and said, the key of G, this is the name of the song, go. And she had to figure out how to make that work. So she got really good at playing by ear with her family band. There was a fiddle player and a, her dad played the fiddle and one of her brothers a banjo and they had lots of great times doing so, it. So I guess, we, I guess we should define whether we're, to, when we say art in the home, are we talking about teaching kids to perform art or to write poetry or to paint or to play the piano? Or are we talking about exposing children in the home to the various arts? And are we talking about what the arts can do for the spirit of your home and for the, the peace that's in your home and for the feeling that is in your home? Well, um, before you go too far, let me ask you about arts in your home. I mean, we were we heard music twenty four seven almost because we were either practicing or listening 
to our mother give lessons while we churned butter and watched cartoons on Saturday morning. Now that really takes you back. <laughs> but, that takes you back. That um, gives you an idea that Linda grew up on a retro farm. On a farm. And my mom made bread every week. And um, we churned the butter. And we had cream. And we had bacon and steak and potatoes and all the garden stuff. I don't ever remember going to this grocery store when I was young. Well, it was a really treat to go and just buy some Wonder Bread just you know, every once <laughs> in a while. You're diverting a little here, honey. Right. But I <laughs> From just, the arts to Wonder Bread. <laughs> well, let, let me talk, let me ask you what you felt like you had as far Good as music question. in your home. Good question. I, I think that my desire as a parent and as a father to fill our home with art of all different varieties was based not on the positive experience I had as a boy, but on the negative. I, I love my mom and dad were fantastic. Neither of them was particularly oriented to the arts, and my mother was a dancer. But I don't oh, remember. Yeah. I don't remember classical music in our home. I don't remember a lot of visual art in our home. I don't remember my parents taking me to museums or to concerts. And I think one reason that I felt so strongly about doing that in our family as our kids grew up is, is because I hadn't had it. And I realized there was a void in my life. And when I married you, a violinist and an art and a painter, even though you don't admit it, you're a fantastic painter, I began to realize that my sort of narrow life, which really focused around business and around sports, <laughs> had an enormous <laughs> void in it. I agree. And so we began to, and, and by the way, I want to bring this in too, Linda. We have a, a daughter, Shawnee, who many of you listeners know, who does a really fabulous and, and very famous mommy blog called com. But she called us the other day because she was doing a, a, a keynote speech in a big convention. And her topic was how to bring peace into your home. And... And one of the things she was really focusing on was the type of music that's playing in your home and the type of art that you have in your home. And, and she was taking kind of a spiritual tack on her talk. And, and she was saying, I, the first of my speech, we didn't hear her speech, but I assumed she did this because this was her plan. She wanted to say at first, why is it that we want a peaceful feeling in our home? And that, that might seem self-evident. It's just better to have one than not to have one. But she thought there was a deeper answer. She felt like if you create an atmosphere of peace and harmony, by the way, harmony, of course, is a musical term, but we use it as a synonym for peace and the kind of feeling we want in our home. She said, I think if you have that peace and harmony, the spiritual take is you you also have the spirit of God there. You also have the Holy Ghost. You also have the the, the, the divine spirit, which brings inspiration and guidance and even revelation, and which enhances human relationships in the home. And I totally agree with that. It isn't it interesting what happens with each generation? And in defense of your mother, who was a widow for 42 years, her dad died. I wasn't when, putting her down. When I... he was 39 and she was 38. So she was just trying to get food on the table and so on. 
Um, and so, I mean, I think you could have been a great little piano player and uh, you could have played the saxophone. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of things that you I ended could up have learning done. the harmonica instead. But, yeah, he's really good on the My harmonica. My father played you. the harmonica and that's the instrument I learned. And let me tell you, you can't get in the school band with the harmonica and there's not a lot of call. <laughs> Although, you know, some harmonica, there are harmonicas in a lot of rock groups. Dave Matthews band, right? Right, so, you oh, know. a lot of them, and a lot of jazz, a lot. Um, so you maybe you should have been in a band. No, you're not saying that. But um, actually, we have some really fun stories that our kids are doing now. They have taken that music baton and art and sculpture and all that to another level, especially one of our daughters. Yeah. They've done such a good job in fun things. And so um, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Yeah, we'll take a little break, and, and then when we come back, We'll get a little more specific about what kind of art you should have or could have in your home and what it can do for your family. We'll be back right after this break. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We're uh, back in Salt Lake City today and really enjoying a beautiful fall day. We keep thinking every day is going to be the last, but we've had such beautiful weather here. Not and the last day, but the last sunny day. Fall day. The last beautiful, <laughs> we're warm We're not predicting fall apocalypse. Day. Yeah. But um, we're talking today about arts in the home and how important that is. And we started in our first segment saying that really neither of us um, – well, I had a lot of music in my home, but as far as listening to a classical record and knowing who was doing it and so on, no. But I I did end up a music major in college and majored in violin. But, oh, you're modest. This is one of the great violinists of the world here oh. sitting here beside me. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> but, let me, but let me say this, you know, I... I got, I remember one point in time, Linda, when I was so, well, I, I, can, I can sympathize with myself on this. We had a lot of young kids in our home, very energetic, very loud, very, um, there was a lot of commotion there. Let's put it that way. And I, I remember one period where I was just on a mission to try to get a calmer spirit and feeling in our home. And boy, we tried everything. I remember I had a we got, we got the best stereo you could get in those days. It's amazing how much easier and better music reproduction is today and smaller. <laughs> but this was a great big old thing. And I would get up before we'd have our little devotional every morning and before we'd have breakfast. And I'd put on Baroque music. I read somewhere that Baroque classical music had a sort of a calming effect on, on uh, kids. And so I'd started off with that every morning, and I think it did have some effect. Well, we, but but just to to make the point, we tried everything. I mean, I would sit down at the dinner table and do the universal mantra. I'd hold my hands out in cupping shape and say, "Um, um," trying to get the kids to calm kids down before that. we had our blessing on the food. <laughs> and I one year I thought, well, Christmas is kind of a calm time. I'll just keep the Christmas tree up. And I'll get a little Christmas tree and put it right in the middle of our table, and that will make everyone calmer. So I was trying everything. You know, I think it's so funny that you remembered putting on calm classical music in the morning. Because what I remember is for several years, we got up early to practice our little string quartet. 
Oh, true. We did do that. <laughs> and we can only do hymns because Richard's that uh, was the cellist, and he could do the the cello part, the bass part. So um, it was pretty funny. Um, it was not calming a lot of days because we were mad at each other. And, um, uh, you know, it was one of those things that you remember the calm music and I remember the crazy music. Well, let's but, get away from our feeble efforts and get to our, some of our great kids ever. We have a daughter in Boston who, I don't know, this might be controversial, but she takes one of her kids out of school every week for a day and takes them to the to the. Museum, Museum of, of Fine, Fine Arts, Art. MFA, in Boston. Absolutely one of the most gorgeous, gorgeous, amazing um, museums in the world. And she actually, they're moving in January to California for six months. And so she knows that her time is running out. And so she loves just grabbing one kid at a time and taking them to this museum. And then she calls us either on the way or on the way back and the kids show us what they've learned. And it's amazing. <laughs> she has them doing sketches of sculptures and of paintings. Um, their oldest daughter, who's 12 now, is 12 going on 23 curator <laughs> of the museum because she is so knowledgeable. Well, and what her. about little Peter, the four-year-old? We talked to him on the way home from the museum the other day. And I said, what painting did you like best, Peter? And he said, I like the one of the where they were stretching that apostle to death. <laughs> I said, oh, that, that sounds really good. Did you like any others? He said, well, there was one of a shark eating a guy. I like that. <laughs> so you never oh, know what kids, kids will get. Oh, but kids. she also takes them to the Boston Pops. She takes them to well, the symphony. let's go on to other kids. I mean, we have a daughter who lives in Ogden, and they have the most fabulous, fabulous kids program through the symphony there that I've seen anywhere. It is I think it's better than Salt Lake. I don't even know. I'm not aware of that they do it in Salt Lake. Maybe they do, but I go out there to go with them. In fact, there's one next week that is going to be absolutely amazing. And they have a little pre-program. They spend an hour with the, with the kids, and I think you're out once you're 12. But the little kids, and tell them what it is they're going to hear and ha and tell them the main melody and to watch for it and so on. Then they give them a little set of binoculars on the way out so they can see the artist. It's absolutely an amazing program. And then we they also have a pre-show for adults, and then we join the kids at the end for the concert. Honestly, the last one was so amazing, a rock modern off piano. So that was out of this world. So I think what we were encouraging you to do is think of, think of this in three stages. First of all, think of the benefits that come to children and to the atmosphere of your home when there's more art involved, art of all kinds. Secondly, get out with your kids to events, be they mu concerts or museums or, or galleries or exhibitions, where kids really uh, get in an atmosphere where they can see how popular and how wonderful and how sort of enlivening art in its various forms can be. And then third, decide what you want to have in your home, what you want to bring into your home. Consciously, deliberately decide how you want to fill your home with art because you, you can't go wrong when you do. You know, I can remember every piece of art that was in my house when I was a little girl. And when I see it, it takes me right back home. It was not 
Well, there were some nice, really nice pieces. Well, they were reproductions. But right? they were yeah. all reproductions. But um, I thought of that once. I had a friend who loved Monet, and she was redecorating her house, and she made sure there was a Monet painting in each of her girls' bedrooms. And and a different artist in the guys' bedrooms. And um, we did that. And just the other day, one of the girls wrote um, and said that they had just been to the museum and seen this picture of a Renoir with two little sisters playing the piano, one leaning over another who was practicing, and saying, that meant so much to me while I was growing up. I'll never forget this picture. It's pretty amazing. In fact, we've kind of become art geeks at our house. When we get together, the first thing we want to do is go to an art museum and see what's going on. I do have to say, though, that all of you don't live in places where you can do that. I mean, where you can go out. To, I mean, I was born in Montpelier, Idaho. Well, you didn't. Idaho. Maybe you, you were in Montpelier. You couldn't run down to the art gallery or the symphony. Never. And in fact, my sister and I were the only two that played the violin in the entire valley. We played at every funeral and every wedding that ever happened in the valley. We were the symphony. But <laughs> that's we the best. But I think <laughs> the very point you're making is so interesting, Linda, because today, uh, one of the blessings of technology is it doesn't matter where you live. You can have essential, you can essentially have virtual reality of the greatest museums, right. the greatest art, the greatest music in the world. But as a parent, it's up to you to bring that into your home and to try to bring in the parts that you think will do your kids, you know, the most good. And I, I think that's a real interesting challenge to say what and, you know. And, and you, I think diversity, I want to make a, a little point for diversity. Uh, we've been in homes, and I'm not critical of this, I'm just using it as an example, where you'll walk in every room and there'll be a picture of a Mormon temple in every room. Now, that's fine. Some of those temples are particularly beautiful, and, and it's great. But if that's the only art you have in your home, right, if that's the only thing kids see, I've been in other homes that have pictures of temples, but also have uh, beautiful paintings of Christ. They also have other types of religious art, and they go beyond that and get into classical paintings and other things on the wall. And you made the point, Linda, what you see growing up, you may not think it has an effect on you, but over time, that painting seeps into your system. And if, if it's an impressionistic painting, it helps you see the world in a little different way. You know, I've never really thought about that, but we had a painting of an Indian on a horse with his arms back and looking up at heaven as though he's praying and in the Old West. And I will, I can see that in my mind right now. Do you know the I artist? Remember, Have you ever researched it? No idea who the artist was. Yeah. But, um, it is just amazing what it did to me when I saw that because I thought that man has had a hard life and he is he is praying for something and maybe safety for his family. I don't know, but it really does affect your soul when you see great art. Now, you and know, there's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. And, and, and again, back to my earlier point, some of us are a little limited in our definition of art. I would guess most people, when you say art in the home, think of paintings on the wall. Secondly, they might think of music. Um, but how many would think of poetry? How many would think of sculpture? And I think we need to expand our, I want to make a little plug for poetry. One of the best things we ever did with our kids growing up was one year we hired a poetry teacher 
to come in and teach our children how to write various kinds of poetry, or at least to give them the basics. And then our kids, and they were very young, a lot of them were elementary age, produced some poems with the help of this teacher that we still treasure to this day. Wow, and, and poetry crept in as a tradition in our family. What we do when someone has a birthday uh, is we write them a poem. Well, sometimes. I think people have gotten tired of uh, trying to a conjure. Lot of, a lot they of do them it do. for your birthday because you love poetry I so love to much. hear their expressions expressed in, in poetry or even attempts at poetry. Now, again, a lot of people say, I, can, I don't know how to write poetry. See, I never had a class in it. You don't need one. You can try your hand at poetry. And what, what kids love is to be exposed to poetry that interests them, that they like. There's poetry in children's books. I mean, Dr. Seuss is a poet of sorts. But to extend that and really get into different aspects of art and see what your kids gravitate to, see what turns them on, see what makes them feel good. Now, even Shel Silverstein, you know, there's so many fun poetry books out for kids. But, you know, another thing is just writing. And there is a wonderful podcast that's called My Life is a Poem. And I think if you just Google that, you can find it. But it is just a fabulous podcast on the importance of seeing the world in a different way. When you walk out the door, she suggests, have a word in your mind, like wonder. And then everything you see, you wonder about, and it conjures up in your mind. And she also says, write. If you write just three lines a day, it is so important to just, it not only keeps track of what's going through your mind and helps you um, materialize it in writing, but it just helps you to be more aware of your surroundings. So um, I've just started doing this with um, our daughters, and there are three of them, four of them, one in London, and then the others scattered around. And every morning we just write three lines, just three sentences of what we're doing morning. Well, it doesn't even have to be. What happened? Three things that happened. Three things that happened during the day. In a, in a poetic form. Right. And it's been so fun to see what is going on in their minds. And even though we're talking about London and uh, Phoenix and Boston and Utah, it really is amazing that we can be in touch every single day just because of that that idea of exchanging those three senses. So here's sort of my, my uh, summary point here, or my advocacy point. You know this as parents, that the arts are getting de-emphasized in most schools. There are less and less art classes. There are less and less, fewer and fewer, fewer, and fewer teachers who really focus in on the arts. And, and, and if education becomes job training, I mean, we love liberal arts colleges. We love education for education's sake. And we love education that is well-rounded enough that it goes beyond science and math and, and grammar and gets into the arts. And my point is, in conclusion, that you better do it in your home as parents because the schools are not doing it. The community throws it out there, but you've got to get kids to it. My challenge to you as a parent, make art a key part of your home and of your children's broader education. So we wish you farewell. We wish you the best in thinking about the arts this week. Your kids are lucky to have you no matter what. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time on Ayers on the Road.